0: Would you stand and listen for the word of the Lord? This morning from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord, descending from heaven, came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, And his clothing white as snow for fear of him the guards shook and became like dead men but the angel said to the women do not be afraid i know that you are looking for jesus who was crucified he is not here for he has been raised as he said come see the place where he lay then go quickly and tell his disciples he has been raised from the dead and indeed he is going ahead of you to galilee There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me this is the word of life God. have you ever gone to a cemetery after dark or just before dawn most of us would not venture into such territory even though it's garden like and scenic usually beautifully mown grass and trees and flowers And yet somehow it kind of spooks us to go to a place of death where there are so many dead bodies after dark it disturbs us a little bit sometimes to be around death and to face what it means that all of us will at some point experience it ourselves and yet matthew describes just such an occasion When Mary Magdalene and this other Mary, who's a follower of Jesus, decide to go, it was a Sunday morning. It says right after their Sabbath, which would have been Friday sundown to Saturday sundown, so it's Sunday morning, still dark, before dawn, to the place that they believe that Jesus' body has been buried. Now, I tried to imagine what it would be like To go out to one of our cemeteries within a day or so after i had buried someone that i had loved it would be difficult but to go in the darkness and to find that the grave had already been disturbed was being disturbed that would be even disconcerting all the more But then for the earth to begin to shake and thunder and lightning begin to strike, that must have been a terrifying kind of experience. And apparently the angel or the messenger of the Lord understands that very thing because as this angel of the Lord, as Matthew says, is coming to roll back the stone, the first thing the angel or the messenger says to the women is, do not be afraid you see it there in verse 5 do not be afraid i know that you are looking for jesus who was crucified he is not here for he has been raised as he said and then the angel invites them to look gives them a message to go back and tell the other disciples all about it there in verse 7 And then in verse 8, Matthew describes how they were feeling. And he says, so they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy. With fear and great joy. What a striking juxtaposition of emotions, of experiences to have This experience that is terrifying them, and yet at the same time they've heard such good news that they're also experiencing the joy of knowing that God's love has conquered even death. Fear and joy together. I want us to think about that for a few moments, about what that might be like in our own lives. Too often I find that many of us let fear rob us of all joy when fear begins to get a hold of us so often that fear begins to fill us up and to get its tentacles wrapped around us and and so often the fear can overwhelm us and all of a sudden fear is driving everything everything we're thinking all the decisions we're making and the direction in which we are going But this passage says there's a more effective way there's a more effective way to experience fear and yet keep moving the passage says we can rely on God that we can use our faith in such circumstances to deal with our fears This passage here in Matthew gives us a great contrast between the guards and these two women, these two Marys that come. It says the guards, when they're experiencing this earthquake and this appearance of this angel and the rolling back of the stone are so afraid, they become paralyzed. They become like dead men, Matthew says. But then he describes the Marys And says oh they felt the fear it was a disturbing experience no doubt but they did more than that the Mary's feel the fear but they keep moving they feel the fear but they keep going they're given a message to run and tell the other disciples and so they take off to go tell the other disciples of this good news and about time they get to top speed Jesus appears apparently out of nowhere and greets them They fall on their knees to worship Him. But notice what He says. He repeats the same message that they have already heard. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Apparently, that is a message that needs to be reinforced for those who are going to follow Jesus. Do not Be afraid if you're going to be a follower of Jesus even though you're going to experience things which cause fear the message of the gospel is you need not be afraid I was thinking of how this happens in our own lives and I was thinking about an experience I'd had here in the last few months at the church thanks to dr. Biggs great leadership and your generosity Over the years, Boston Avenue became accustomed to underwriting their entire budget with pledges alone. That's almost unheard of in the life of churches to underwrite the budget with your pledges, the members' pledges alone. But that's what we were able to do for years and years. But in the last several years, those pledges have not been quite as great. Fewer and fewer people pledging. There began to be a gap emerged between the budgets we're writing and the pledges that we're receiving. And so early in the year, I'm working with our financial leadership team, and I'm in my office thinking about this and wondering, how are we going to make this work? And I began to think, what if the economy gets worse? What if the oil and gas industry goes down further? What if we don't have enough money to pay all of our expenses? Well, then we're going to have to make some changes. And then I begin to think about you, and I thought, people don't like changes. They don't like it when I start changing things. And so then there's going to be people mad at me, and I don't like people mad at me, so I don't want to make any changes. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting there in my office all alone, all in the grips of fear. Do you see how that happens so quickly? It can just take over your mind and your thoughts and your hearts, and it can begin to influence your decisions. So as I was working on that, I also began to pray. And of course, it became clear to me within a few moments of praying that God has been good to Boston Avenue. And God has provided for great mission and ministry for Boston Avenue through the ages. So why would I begin to think that God wouldn't be doing that now? Why would I let the fear drive my thinking and decisions, rather than faith that God can and will provide. It takes us in different directions, my friends, depending on what's driving our thinking, whether it's fear or whether it's faith. That's just one small example of how quickly fear can get a hold of us. And once it gets a hold of us, sometimes we don't even realize that It begins to change who we are and how we function. But Jesus comes as the risen Christ in this passage and says, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And then later in the same chapter says, Because I am with you always. I am with you always. Be not afraid because I am with you always. We can count on that promise of the gospels. It reminded me of a devotion I read some time ago that I I thought spoke so well to this whole arena of fear and faith and how we deal with it. I want to read you a few sentences out of that devotion. The author's wrote, "Fear destroys hope." It cannot exist where love is or where faith is. Fear is the curse of the world. Humans are afraid. Afraid of poverty. Afraid of loneliness. Afraid of unemployment. Afraid of rejection. Afraid of sickness. Fear. Fear, fear everywhere they write fight fear as you would a plague turn it out of your lives and out of your home fight it singly fight it together never inspire fear it is an evil ally and the bible verse for the devotion was from second timothy 1 7 I've put it in your outline. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So often, when we encounter something that frightens us, we begin to fold. We begin to fall back we begin to become immobilized like the guards in the story so when I think about my fears I know I need to turn to Jesus that's what the passage is reminding us about when we experience fear and we will the first step is to turn to Jesus but so often the first step we take is begin to think what I must do How can I handle this? What steps must I take? How can I get control? How can I manage this? And so often when we begin to think that much about ourselves and our role, we forget about God's role. And we end up isolating ourselves and cutting ourselves off from God's resources and God's provisions. It's so much better not only to think about what our role might be, but what is God's role? I've put a few questions in your outline to help you think about that. How can God help me with this? What would God want me to focus on in this situation? How will God resource me in this? What direction has God already given that I could follow here? What action can I take that will activate my experience of God's power And love in the face of this fear. And then this last one. Am I listening to the direction that God is offering me now? Important questions to ask ourselves when we're experiencing fear. Now we have these almost two dozen coffermans right down front. There's going to be times that they experience fear in their lives. And they're going to be tempted, right, to fake it to take the easy way out, to act like they're not afraid, to try to skirt their problems. But confirmands, that's the very time that you need to look to God, to think about what you've been studying and learning all this year about who we are as Christians and how God is alive in our lives through Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so when you're struggling, that's when we turn to God. We do not forget that God is on our side and God is at work in our lives. But I'll tell you something else. Every one of these adults that's sitting here around you, if we took the time this morning, each and every one of them could tell you about a time they were afraid, maybe a time or two when they were afraid and let fear take over and begin to dictate their lives. And so it's a good reminder for all of us remember to look to God, to ask God for help. When we're in difficult situations and we don't know what to do and we're afraid that we can't get through it, that's the time to stop and ask God for help. I think it's important for all of us right now to stop and ask God to help us with our fear. It might be a fear that we're dealing with right now in our lives today in this moment or maybe you need to pray for that time in the future when fear will come that you might need a little extra help a little extra dose of faith it will be a sign of growth for each of us to learn to ask god for help in those moments where we are struggling oh certainly Fear is going to come for all these confirmands and for all of us. There will be situations that life presents where we're struggling with a project or a relationship or something else in our lives. And we begin to get tentative and afraid. But it's at those times, the gospel's reminding us, at those times, when darkness surrounds us, that we need to look to God and ask God for help. And the promise of the gospel is that even though the fear will come, with it will come the love and the power and the wisdom of God. And in fact, not only that, but the gospel says even in the midst of fear, we can experience great joy. That the fear and the joy might both be a part of our experience but we have to open ourselves to God's life in the midst of our lives if we're going to experience not just the fear, but the resources of our faith as well. It will be important for all of us to make sure we examine our own lives and see if we're letting fear dictate the way we live or whether or not we're relying on our faith in God through Christ. Amen, and thanks be to God.